Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast number 336. Well, today we're looking again at the foundational material of what I call the primeval period, which covers everything that happened before 2100 B.C., actually before 2166, and that's the date that I give for the birth of Abraham. So midway of Abraham's early beginning would be 2100, and so that's why I just round off to 2100 and say everything that happened in Genesis 1 through 11 happened before 2100 B.C., because that's when Abraham came on the scene, and that is when everything changed and a brand new period was ushered in. And so we'll talk about that when we look at the next podcast or two. We're going to be very concentrated in Genesis over the next couple of weeks. And the reason is Genesis is the foundational book. It is the book of origins. It's the book of beginnings. Not only does it give us creation and the creation of man and everything else that was subservient to man, the whole earth and everything, all the animals and so forth, but the fall of man and how that God sent judgment upon the earth through the flood. And it's a critical period that we've got to look at in order to lay the foundation for what lies ahead because Genesis is the beginning of everything. The book of Revelation is the end or the capstone of everything. Many of the things that started in Genesis are completed in Revelation. And if you don't know well the book of Genesis, then you're going to have difficulty understanding many of the concepts that are talked about in the book of Revelation, especially in the closing chapters from Revelation chapter 20, 21, and 22. So Genesis is also where I started the book, The Story of the Crimson River, because when you look at the fall and you see the redemption of man, the Bible says in chapter 3 and verse 20, and Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living, and also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothe them. Now remember what I have told you in the past. Every Bible writer from Moses to John assumed, believed, trusted that the people to whom they were writing understood the language, the history, the geography, the cultural setting of the day. And everyone knew without explanation that the tunics that they were clothed with was from animal skins. Why would God have animal skins? Because he slew a killed an innocent animal and clothed them with the skins. Why? Because God knew that Adam needed to see that the moment he sinned, the nanosecond that he sinned, he not only was separated from God spiritually, 
but his body was cursed and he began to die at that moment. Just because God didn't kill Adam until 900 and some years later does not mean that Adam escaped death. Adam and Eve died just like everyone else that has except Enoch and Elijah, and they were changed. Those of us who will be in the rapture, we will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. But it's appointed unto men once to die, and with these rare exceptions, that is the case. And these mysterion, the rapture is a mystery. And we'll find out when we get to heaven how God took Enoch. And we'll find out more about the flaming chariot that took Elijah. But everyone else died, all of the great characters of the Bible. But in verse 21 of chapter 3, we have the beginning of the Crimson River. And the reason I'm saying that is because when you come to the events after the flood in chapter 8, then Noah built an altar to the Lord, according to verse 20, and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on that altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While earth remains, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. It is amazing that God began anew with Noah. He is called the eighth by the Apostle Peter. Sometimes the translators interpret things and say he was the eighth person along with seven others. Well, some of those things are not even in the scripture. It really says that Noah was the eighth. It's a cardinal number eighth, not eight an ordinal number, but a cardinal number, the eighth. Why? Because eight is the number of new beginning, and Noah was the new beginning. God literally saved eight persons, yes, but Noah was the eighth, not the eighth generation since Adam. He was the eighth. God was saying by that he is the new beginning. God had to start over. He had to cleanse the earth from the sin, and we're not going to get into that in this podcast as to what the particular sin or sins were that brought about the flood, but God saw that man's imagination, his very thoughts were completely corrupt, and God said, I'm going to have to cleanse the earth of man, And but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, the reason I'm not going into the flood here is because I want to recommend to you that you go to a website. If you never have checked it out, you must. ICR.org. ICR.org. This is the Institution for Creation Research. Many of you know Ham, who is Dr. Ham, who is all over the place with his speaking engagements, and he is traveling and he is writing, and many of you have heard him up close and personal, and uh, many of the scientists and speakers who work with him. I go all the way back to San Diego with the Institution for Creation Research. Back in the 70s, I studied a couple of weeks under Dr. Henry Morris, who began the Institute and uh, really wrote some groundbreaking commentaries. He was a geologist, Ph.D. in geology. He had a tremendous mind and heart that God had gifted him with. And if you've never gotten his books, you should. I believe the Genesis 
his record, that's his commentary on Genesis, is an absolute classic. And if you can find it, you need to buy it. But the Institution for Creation Research has absolutely just uh, been at the forefront, the vanguard of the creationist view. I am a creationist. I am a young earth person. I see nothing in the scriptures that tells me of billions and millions and billions of years. That is all man's doing. It's his concoction. And it's fascinating to me to listen to scientists and they talk about billions of years like our present day Congress talks about trillions of dollars like it's nothing. They can't agree on anything. I'm talking about not the people in Washington today. We all know that. I'm talking about the scientists who are supposed to know everything. They can't even agree on where we came from. They can't agree on how we got to where we are. Everybody has a different theory and everything is taught as fact if it comes from someone who has a PhD in some area of science. Well, I want to tell you, the Bible says if you will read and study the Word of God, if you know the Word of God, you'll be wiser than all your teachers. Now, that's not a proud statement. That is a fact. That is just what the Bible teaches, and it is reality. So I want to encourage you to go and take your children to see the ark. And Karen and I have never been there. We've sent many people there, but we've never been ourselves, and we're looking forward to going one day. I can remember in East County, when all of that got started, and God so blessed the work of Dr. Morris's hands. And he really introduced a concept that had been overlooked because of the scientific community and Americans' fascination with anyone who has termed scientist behind their name. And so I am so grateful to God for the Institution of Creation Research. And I want to encourage you to get on there, help your children to understand this, because evolution is a damnable heresy and it ruins lives and it messes people's minds up and it is what the enemy uses to destroy the foundations of belief in the word of God. You see, I am convinced that many of my brethren, good meaning brethren, who say they believe the Bible and believe the Bible is the inerrant word of God, they don't start believing that until Genesis chapter 3 with the man and man's fall. They really don't believe the Bible as it's written written in Genesis 1 and 2. I believe from Genesis 1, 1 all the way through the entire Bible that the scripture is inerrant. It is infallible. That means it is without error in any realm of reality, in any realm whatsoever, and that it is infallible. That means it will not lead you astray. It is verbally inspired. That means the words are inspired. It is authoritative. It is the final authority to which we appeal. These things are so important. And I do believe that God created everything in six days. Now, whether it's 24, 25 hours, I don't know about the exact hour of the day, but 24-hour days as in approximate. Some of our days are not exactly 24 hours, and so don't try to pin me down on that. I'm talking about an evening and a morning, a day as we know it. I believe God created everything as it is. People sometimes really get hung up on this light thing before the sun. Listen, God 
God is light. He's the source of all light, and he was way before the sun. The sun and all of the stars of heaven were put into the universe on God's timetable, on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. But God is light, and when we get to heaven, there's not going to be any sun there in the celestial city because Jesus himself will be the light. That's what the Scripture says, and I just take it as it is. You say, well, I don't understand that. Well, I don't understand electricity. I don't understand radio waves. I don't understand a lot of things, but I do enjoy them and uh, know the reality of them. And so as you go through the early chapters of Genesis, it's amazing what we read over. Many times people will say, well, how did Noah get those animals in the ark? He said, get in the ark. And the reason was, according to chapter 9 of Genesis in verse 2, it says, After God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth and on every bird of the air and on all that moves on the earth and on the fish of the sea. They are given into your hand. Now, there wasn't evidently any fear of man, uh, of these animals. There were no carnivorous animals. And this is why, in the sense of God's design, that when we get into the kingdom period, the lion is going to eat straw as an oxen again, and the snakes, like the cobra, is not going to be poisonous anymore. That's the way it was before the flood. But after the flood, everything changed. That's called the before the flood, the antediluvian period. You'll hear me talk about that. And so that is what is called in history, the antediluvian, before the flood, before the deluge. And so you have everything changing, the story of Noah and the curse of of Canaan. These are details that we're not going to get into simply because we're making our way to the division of the earth in chapter 10, chapter 11, the Tower of Babel, when man wanted to come together in a globalistic society and make his way to heaven and take the place of God. That's what will happen during the days of the Great Tribulation. And so we're making our way to chapter 12. Chapter 12 is a turning point. It is the beginning of a brand new period that I label the patriarchal period that covers Genesis chapter 12 through 50. And tomorrow we're going to start talking about Abraham and we'll talk about Abraham for almost a week. Well, God bless you as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.